welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Spirit Connection Podcast. Doug Addison here. And, you know, this is a special time of the year. The spiritual realm is open. Things are shifting. I don't know if you can feel it, but there's a major shift happening. And this is the time right now. It's right around Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which are the two major Jewish holidays. It's a 10-day period in the month of September. It's called the Days of Awe. The spiritual atmosphere is really ripe to hear the Lord, to get a miracle, to get a breakthrough. Whether you're listening to me now during that time or later on, it doesn't matter. God is the inventor of time, so don't worry about that part. What (laughs) I'm about to say is going to really open some things over you. And this is the time of year when the Jewish people believe, traditionally, that God examines our lives for the purposes of promotion. And we're no longer under the Jewish law of Moses, but, you know, God operates on both the Jewish calendar and our regular Gregorian calendars as well. This is a time right now that God is opening the heavens over you, and you can receive greater revelation from the Lord. And I just want to pray right now, Lord, open the heavens, open the heavens even more. We're about to see one of the greatest revivals in history, and we are going to be part of history. This is a time, I'm telling you, like never before, God is moving. I have a special guest, a good friend of mine who understands this very much. His name is Dr. David Herzog, and he has been in ministry with his wife, Stephanie, for over 25 years. David operates in miracles, signs, and wonders in the prophetic. I call him a Swiss army knife. I mean, the guy's really got it all. He's got the good. So uh, let me just tell you, first of all, I met David Herzog when the first meeting I went to, I was just sitting in the audience years ago. Suddenly a thick presence of the Lord's glory came over the room. And the person next to me that I knew from my church and my town suddenly received a gold filling in her mouth. And we're like looking at it and they're shining a flashlight. We're all like freaking out. And then I was at another meeting where we were, uh, David and I ministering together later on at a young girl who had been cutting herself and was about to commit suicide, suddenly her eyes were open and the scars went away and disappeared in the glory of the Lord. So what I'm just trying to say, this guy's got the goods. He's a true man of God. Well, think about it. He's a Jewish guy and his name's David. I'm just saying. So, hey, David, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be back with you, man. I love you so much. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. Wow. So you're in Sedona, and you have your wife and family, but just tell us a little bit about your ministry and what you do. Yeah, we travel a lot. We host conferences um, here in the U.S. and Arizona, and we just travel a lot. We write books. We do just do whatever God wants us to do. We witness to people wherever we go. We just, whatever it is He wants us to do, basically. But we're seeing a lot of uh, miracles happening. We're, we're doing like a stadium event next week in Budapest or in two weeks, um, like 3,500 people. So it just, it's whatever He wants, you know. It's, we're in a lot of nations this year. We're in Jordan recently. A lot of Muslims got saved in Jordan and Amman. It's been like this summer. It's been a whirlwind. It was like uh, Trinidad, then two days later, Amman, Jordan, 
back four days in Ecuador, and then from Ecuador straight to Croatia, which is like 0.1% believers, and it exploded over there. That's been just a whirlwind I'm seeing, just God's uh, moving all, literally all over the earth. Yeah. In the you know, hardest places that, that you never hear about. That's what I'm hearing, too, and I'm getting, reporting back right now. People are seeing the most amazing miracles, are seeing the increase right now. Yeah, and the salvations, like these Muslims, immediately when they saw the glory, the signs, was boom, they just they all got saved. Syrians, Egyptians, Jordanians, it was, didn't matter who they were. Yeah. They, they, they were human, they were touched by the Spirit of God. Wow, that's, I love that. See, the glory signs, those miracles, I tell you, you don't have to convince anyone God's real. Yeah, no, no, no debates with four people on a panel uh, arguing <laughs> religions. Yeah, I really love your heart. I know that your gifts are, are multi, really, you just have so many different gifts. But what, what do you tend to operate in more? My main thing is I talk about the glory. So it's not so much the giftings, but I talk about the glory, how to bring the glory on earth. So that's my main like focus. Then when the glory comes, the giftings that seem to operate in the glory is uh, the healings, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the creative miracles, and then um, a lot of the prophetic and deliverance. And But lately the prophetic's been skyrocketing like this last, oh, since February, really. I was in China, and I was getting Chinese names of people, and then... The last couple of weeks, it's been crazy, like addresses with, you know, five-digit addresses with the street name, what the house looks like, what, what the car looks like, crazy. I got license, been getting license plates. With the, so it's just kind of like I can't put myself in a box. I'm just like, whatever, Lord, because people are like, are you more prophetic? Are you more evangelistic? Are you more miracle? I'm just like jack of whatever he wants to do, you know, general, general practitioner, I think. Is yeah, what, that's, wow. <laughs> whatever what? he wants me to do, he's be all things. But lately, it's the prophetic's been increasing with the signs. Like, even in Georgia, I was getting a guy's name, Youssef, this is your name, and this is your situation. It was just, I was in France in June, and I was getting names of people and what the situation. And a friend of mine who's a prophet, I was like the evangelist when I was in France years ago. I hadn't seen him in 12 years. He goes, what are you now, a prophet? He starts laughing because he's like, what are you doing? Because he hadn't seen me in 12 years. So it's like, we just keep accelerating, you know. Wow. <laughs> now, you mentioned the glory. Now, some, some people might not understand that. What, what is that? Yeah, the glory is totally, you know, a lot of people think they use the word glory, it's like a new buzzword, like, oh, it's a cool word to use to get people to come to your conference. But it, it's not the same as just a gifting or an anointing on somebody. You could be in a room and watch someone operating in the prophetic or in healing, and it's like, oh, that's great. They're laying hands on people and giving words, and but you don't feel the presence of God in the room. It's just, it's just on the person. You know, if you go up to the person and he prays for you, maybe you'll send something and you'll, it'll be accurate, it'll get healed. Well, the glory is when the glory invades the whole room, from the very back of the room to the front, Heaven is open, so it's not, it's not based on the gifting on the individual, it's coming from the open heaven. So when that happens, people can come out of wheelchairs in the back, in the front. It's not depending on you doing a line at the end of the service for two hours, giving words or prophecy. It's just like people can just reach out, and it's in the air. It's like heaven invades earth. That's, that's yeah. the glory realm versus just the anointing. You know, you could be backslidden and still operating the anointing. You know, you could be in a bar getting drunk and wasted, but you have a prophetic gift, still be able to prophesy to people. The right. gift, but, but the glory is intimacy with God is brings that glory, and, and, and that's what you want. You want heaven on earth. It's not just, uh, there's a lot of gifted people, but I want God's glory more than I want gifts, but it, you can have both, you know. Yeah. So the gift actually magnifies like a thousand times more when you're in the glory than versus just in your own anointing. Yeah. So how did, how did you come across it, or how did you get the glory? Yeah, what happened was, um, so I was in France for 12 years as a missionary and doing meetings and revival and all that stuff. That was great. I was getting burned out, though, in the anointing. I was like, man, I'm tired. I'm just kind of just don't want to take a break from this. And then I just took some time off and started seeking the Lord about this. There's got to be more. This is after a six-month revival. I was preaching six months straight. And then I met Ruth Heflin, a prophetess, 
um, that was living in Virginia. She was in Israel, too, living there for a while and came back. And I met her, went to her meeting in January 1999, and I got blasted by the glory. In fact, she had me speak. I said, I'm not here to speak. I just spoke for six months. I don't want to speak at all. I want to hear you speak. And she goes, no, no, you're supposed to speak tonight. And I go, no, no, no. I didn't come all the way here to hear myself speak again. And then, and then she goes, no, no, I'm a prophetess. God told me. So I get up there just, okay, I'll do it. But that wasn't really – I was there to receive. As I got up there, I got blasted by the glory like I never – I got so hit by God's glory, I didn't know what I was doing. I sang two chapters of the Bible. That was my message, singing it. I said, what? That was not me at all. And then all of a sudden, signs, wonders, glory, deliverance starts just breaking out all across the room. And then I was like, after that meeting, I felt like I was on cloud nine. Like, I literally, I, like, I was in heaven for the next seven days. Like, it was just like 24-7 nonstop. And I was like, wait, what is this? This is different than any other. And I had been out to all the revivals, and I'd been to Toronto and Pensacola and all the other Smithton and the Argentinian, and they were all awesome. But this was a whole nother level. This is like, what is this? This is like, I, I feel like I went to heaven. Like, I don't want to lose this. So I was just like, oh, I just want this. Like, it was, no, it was no longer about ministry or anything. I just wanted to stay in that glory. And then from that, when I would go out again to minister, it just exploded. But it was this new intimacy with God and presence. It was so thick that I didn't even know it existed. I, didn't, I thought I had reached the level of, okay, well, I know the anointing. I know God. I know how to pray. I, you know, I know how things operate. But this is a, was a whole – I always say it's better to be an amateur in the new than a professional in the old. Wow, that's an exactly. amateur in the new glory. Like you don't know what you're, you've never been here before. It's like you're exploring a new planet, but it's so exciting than to just do what you know works and you know it's too predictable. We get to, we get in a rut sometimes. It gets too predictable, and then God can't really do anything beyond what we expect He's gonna what He did before. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. One but thing you I noticed in the glory, it's exciting. Oh, yeah, what I noticed just ministering with you, and we're, we're friends, and we've done uh, you know conferences and things together, and. Uh, what I noticed that you work less I mean, where the glory comes. You're not out there laying yeah. hands on people. You're not even, you know, I, it, it was just an amazing thing to watch. Well, it's so much easier. Well, see, like Acts 2, most of the churches, if they are spirit-filled, they're in Acts 2. So they got they waited for the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues. They go out and try to heal some sick people and, and to get people added to the church. You know, Acts 2 is pretty good. But after a while, they got even burned out in that. And by Acts 4... They're like saying, help me, Lord. We need help. Look at the threats against us, persecution and warfare. And a lot of Christians are feeling that right now, like the government's changing in the, I don't mean this government, just the world, the Antichrist spirit, anti-Christian stuff. It's so hard right now. In the spirit realm, a lot of Christians are feeling it. They don't share their faith anymore. They just kind of keep quiet because they don't want to offend anybody. So what they got to Acts 4 was that kind of situation. They're like, Lord, we can't go on like this. They went back to the upper room or wherever they were sought God again and said, this time, don't do what you did. A lot of people are praying for God to revive the old revivals, which is great, but he wants to bring something new also. He said, Lord, stretch out your hand, meaning don't wait for us to lay our hands on people, but Lord, stretch out your hands to heal. And people read that, they're like, yeah, laying on hands. And I go, no, they already did that in Acts 2. They were asking for a level of glory where even if they don't touch the people, the people just get zapped. And then it happened right after that, the next chapter, Peter's walking down the street and his shadow's healing the sick. He's not even touching them. And it says, and they prayed, Lord, let there be signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant Jesus. So they prayed for signs and wonders, not just healings. And they prayed that when they do get healed, it would be, it would be such a level of supernatural that even if they don't touch them, they get healed. That's not to say you don't lay hands on people when they're sick, but, but you're not dependent on that. You can walk into a room, you can get zapped. And then it says the number of disciples multiplied. It wasn't added. So this new glory, that's, I think it's a new glory is about to hit around Rosh Hashanah. And it says the number of souls multiplied. We're about to enter multiplication. 
most churches in America and, and most countries in the Western world, you know, they don't see thousands saved every Sunday morning. They might get one or two or a few, you know, a handful at best in a Sunday morning, right? But we're entering from addition to multiplication that newer, greater glory. Acts 2, they mocked the church. They made fun of them. They put them down. You guys are all a bunch of drunks. You're all, you know, Acts 4, they fear to even join them. So there's a new respect coming to God's people with this new glory, this new power, this new authority, a new boldness is coming. It's just a whole new shift. And I think that's a shift we're all feeling. We're all kind of like a butterfly. We feel like a worm right now going through the crushing. But when we push through this, we're going to be like a butterfly and we're going to fly. Yeah, that that boy, you just described it perfectly. I I love that about you. And you mentioned Rosh Hashanah, and I I opened with talking about it because you know I am prophetic, and it is a big time of the year. But because you're Jewish, and because you spend a lot of time ministering in Israel, and and you have a, such deep roots, you have an understanding of this that many people don't. Yeah. Well, I grew up. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't really grow up Jewish. My dad was, but I just, I knew I was from my dad's side, but I was just like, you know, whatever. Went to went to church, went to Bible school, and then while on the mission field is when God, on, during a fast, God began to talk to me, and he said, hey, you need to, to honor my seasons. That's when I want to bless you and pour my glory like never before. I'm like, oh, what What do you mean, the feast? And, and he starts showing me. And I said, oh, I thought that was just, you know, that was for the Old day, Old Testament. He goes, no. Why do you think I'm, re- I'm restoring it in Zechariah? When the Jesus comes back during the millennium, he says, all nations will have to come up to Feast of Tabernacles. And I was like, oh, wait, that's true. If you're going to restore it, then there must be something to it. And I, I noticed about ten, for 10 years, every time I administered during Passover or Pentecost, I would get zapped to be the most powerful meeting I've ever preached in my life. And I kept seeing this pattern, and, I realized, and the Lord finally showed me, yeah, that's when, when my people show up on those dates. And that time, that's when you get the promotion, the download, the breakthrough, the deliverance, the prosperity that was held back. It's like, it's like the courts are in session. And when you came that way to Phoenix at one time, the courts were in session, and suddenly your verdict is being heard in court, and you're getting the, the favor of the Lord and the good judgment on your behalf of what you should have had. So a lot of you are going through trouble right now. It's a month of Av, A-V, which is a hard month, even for Israel. You know, this is the month historically that the temple got destroyed, the, all the wars they have. Even some of their more recent wars usually happen around this time in the summer when the Nazis rounded up the Jews. It was the month of Av. So all like the worst historical things that have ever happened. Is, and prophetically, a lot of Christians are going through a hard time this month. But if you can just push through and trust the Lord and keep your heart clean until uh, September, especially until Rosh Hashanah, man, you're going to have huge shift, huge breakthrough, huge glories coming very, very soon. Because he promises if my people gather together during these times, he tells them the specific times, and people say, well, are those just Jewish feasts? And I say, well, no. The Jewish people were the first ones to make that covenant with him, but we're all grafted in. We're all Gentiles and Jews. We're all grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. So when you're born again, you, you get to have the same blessing. You can claim the same scriptures. You can claim Deuteronomy 28, I'm the head and not the tail. It's no longer just for Jewish people. You're adopted into his family. So you get, you get invited to the party. So those feasts are parties, basically, where God's blessing, get, pouring out gifts and glory and intimacy. It's like a family, you know, family uh, once a year get-together during the holidays. It's like, why would you not want to? So it's not, it's not one of those you have to do it. It's not a legalistic thing. It's you get, to go up, you get to show up to the party and get blessed and get downloads. and It's like an invitation. God's like, I'm inviting you. Every day he's there, but there's certain days on the calendar that he says, if you come during this specific time, and one day I had an open heaven vision Sedona during one of our feasts. I was laying on the floor in the meeting, and I got taken to heaven, and I suddenly I saw the pageantry, and the whole thing was different than other times I've been in heaven. 
during the feast. There's a whole different thing going on in heaven. And I think God was wanting us to sync with what is already going on in heaven during those feasts so we could get the download here. That, that's, all, that, that's what it was about. I was like, oh, my gosh. That'd be dumb to miss it. Why would I? You know, so a lot of people, they go around the same mountain year after year because they miss sometimes the divine timings of the Lord for him to bless them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like God's inviting them. Hey, I want to see, like, like a lot of prophets, like, like Bob Jones or others, they didn't really, in the early days, they didn't know much about Israel so much or the Jewish stuff. Or I know people from South America, they know nothing about that stuff. But somehow God would lead them on a fast through Yom Kippur. And they would suddenly get downloads for the next five years for America. And they kept saying, oh, I wonder why I keep getting on Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur. It's by this, so a lot of Gentile prophets know nothing about this Jewish stuff, but by the Spirit, they're led to do the same stuff the Jewish people are doing by the Word and coming up with similar results. Exactly. You know what? I, I just got to jump in and say that I yeah. always felt less than. You know, I, I mentored and hung out with Bob Jones, John Paul Jackson. I, I was around a lot of this stuff, right? And I felt less than because during during those times, uh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, I felt like I wasn't getting anything. The Lord says, go back and look at your journal. And even before I realized it, it was during those times. Might not be on the exact days, but it was in sure. the season that I yeah. was getting major downloads for my life. Wow. Yeah, you look back and you see, oh, my gosh. So that's why, like, when we, when we do these conferences that you've been to, we don't do just do a conference. We do it because we're trying to trigger the blessing and the favor over America, over people that come. So gather the people, it says, bring the prophetic word, and he promises to show up. Bring an offering, bring worship and praise, and then he promises to show up. And not just show up, to shift things. It's almost like if you miss it, you could go around the same mountain for another year sometimes if you miss certain divine appointments with God that he's inviting us to. Yeah. Yeah, it's really crucial to show up to the feast, to, to, and not a legalistic way, just show up in, with his people and worship him and see what he has to say. Take the time off and hear what God's people are saying and what God is saying. So now I can't wait. It's like, oh, I'm sick. I'm excited. I wish it was tomorrow, you know? Yeah, I'm excited, too. You know, we're, we're coming up on it. And you mentioned uh, the month of Av. That's August, right? Yeah, yeah. This It's August, no, normally most months. You know, the Hebrew and Roman is a little bit different calendar. But the month of Av is August. But now we're actually in the month of Elul now. We just hit a few days ago Elul. So we're uh, the month of Av hit somewhere in the beginning of August, and now we just hit Elul. Or, so Elul is the good month. It's a, it's a happy month. It's a month when the king is in the field. That's what they call it, M- meaning the king was always in his palace, and he had to go through all these hoops to get to the king. It was a lot harder, kind of like going to the courts of heaven. You have to present your case. You have to do all that. You have to, but, but the king, once a year, historically, the king would not stay in his palace. He would go put a tent in the field, and any Joe boy could just come up to him and ask him stuff and ask him for requests and spend time with him. So the month of Elul is the month where the king is in the field. It's much easier to approach the Lord. You sense a uh, presence that's easier when you pray. There's a sensitivity. There's a closer. You know, some months you feel like you have to war just to get close to God. Like, for some reason, it seems hard. And other months, you notice there's just an open heaven. Like, you don't even have to barely, you barely start praying, and boom, he's there, you know. And that's, this is the month of that. Which is uh, September. Is, yeah, which is, in, yeah, it's hitting in September. The Hebrew months don't always fall like September 1 or October 1. You know, they, every year they're a little different. It's based on the lunar calendar. The Romans based on the sun calendar. But yeah, like, but yeah, we're in Elul. But Rosh Hashanah will come around the. Uh, so we'll see. We're having our conference 21 and 24. So it's in that week there, of September towards the third week of September. We hit Rosh Hashanah, and that's when really the heavens just crack open. You got Rosh Hashanah, and then you've got Yom Kippur. You know, the ten days of awe, and then you go into Feast of Tabernacles. So it's one open heaven thing after another. 
Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year, and then the 10-day period, then Yom yeah. Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. Yeah, so you got Rosh Hashanah where you celebrate the New Year and, and stuff, and then you got 10 days where you see God's face, and we should do that anyway every day as Christians, but you know, I think what happens is once a year something happens in the heavenly realm. That's why it's important to keep your hearts pure, because the new beginnings start hitting, and you don't want to miss it. So you got Rosh Hashanah, then you got 10 days of awe, where you're examining your heart and stuff, Yom Kippur. We know Jesus is our sacrifice, you know, so we know it's not based on fasting or based on you know, any of the works that we can do. Jesus paid it. But it's still good once you do some house cleaning. Go, hey, God, search my heart. Since Israel's doing it, hey, I may as well search my heart this, this season and, and make sure there's no wicked way in me. And like you and I have talked a lot about that. The reason that's important is because when you go to the court of heaven and you present your case, you know the accuser of the brethren is always looking for stuff against you. But if you beat him to the punch, you already cleanse your heart of anything, any hurts, anything in the past. Then when you present your case or your request, the devil can't block you in the court because you've already taken care of it. Yeah, that is so good. You know, you mentioned the Feast of the Tabernacles, and I've had some major encounters on all of these. You know, what's that all about? Is that when the king is in the field, or is that another thing? The month of it looms when the king is in the field, and then it, but see, it goes into Tabernacles. So Tabernacles goes, that's the, that's the month in Zechariah, where it says when the Jesus returns to Jerusalem, it's a really exciting time, right? He comes back. Tabernacles is the only feast that hasn't been fulfilled. That's the one where he comes back. So you know how they say we don't know the day or the time of his return, but most people believe the season is Tabernacles. Wow. So every time you celebrate Feast of Tabernacles, it's a dress rehearsal or like when you get wedding, a wedding rehearsal for the actual timing he comes. Wow, the coming. Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah. Yeah, and it says every nation will have to come up to the feast. When Jesus comes during the millennium, every nation, it doesn't say the Jewish people, every nation, it says even Egypt must come up to Jerusalem but here's the difference to celebrating Jesus. He's the reason for the season. And if Egypt doesn't come up to Jerusalem to celebrate Jesus during the tabernacles, Egypt will not have rain. So then I got a revelation. Wait a second. Well, if rain is, you know, spiritual blessing or it could be financial or it could be whatever. Can I tap in that rain now if I would start celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles now? So I, I felt the Lord say yes. So I, I took a, an experiment. I took a team of people to Israel on the Feast of Tabernacles just to see what would happen. And you know what happened? <laughs> Suddenly I get a TV contract. I'm on TV. People give me TV cameras, property. Somehow I got property. All these nations start opening up. Crazy favor began to hit our meetings overseas. When I was living in France at the time, we were doing stadiums. We were doing, I was like, what is going on? I thought maybe it was a coincidence. So I do it again the next year, the next year, the next year. And, and my ministry starts skyrocketing. And there was something of a connection to that. I was tapping into a future blessing in the millennium now. And one year, 2011, I thought, you know, I'm not going to go this year. I've gone so many. I've gone every year. I don't need to go again. I'm, I'm blessed. And then 2011 was the hardest year, and I, could, <laughs> I didn't realize it until I, that extra blessing wasn't there. I felt the difference. Right. So that Big was time. the feast. No, so that was just focusing at the Feast of Tabernacles, right? Yeah. It's, Tabernacles is the most joyful feast of the year. You, in fact, they were, they were required to rejoice. Like, you could, even if someone died, you, were not, you weren't allowed to go into mourning during that time. You had to do it after or before. That's how serious it was. Yeah, like you would get in trouble in those days if you were crying or you know <laughs> mourning at the wrong time. <laughs> this is great <laughs> revelation. Happy, happy, and, and you go to Israel, and there's so much joy. Everyone's happy. They're with their family. You go to the hotels. They're all with their kids running around screaming, but it's fun. They're swimming in the pools, and it's like everyone's just relaxed. Like they're all on vacation. Like they're all in Hawaii or something. Yeah, that's coming in October. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. The weather's still nice there in October. Still yeah, warm. It's still coming, and we so, can get it anywhere we are. 
Oh, yeah, you don't have to go to Israel. I just go there. Because, so we, we take a tour every year. We're going again this year, and we go all over Israel. And we, I just love it. But, yeah, if you're home, you can still tap into it. You seek the Lord, worship him, get with God's people, you know. And some people even, like, prophetically, they'll put a little booth because it's called the Feast of Booths. So what it is is they're thanking the Lord that they got out of Egypt. Now they're in the promised land of blessing, but they don't want to forget where they came from because they want to be thankful. So what they, the Jewish people, they put a little booth on their patio. They make like a little tent made of different things, the Bible says. And they'll just eat in there. Some will even sleep in there. And that way it's kind of reminding them, hey, we used to live in the wilderness for 40 years. Let's thank God for what we have. So it's also a time of thankfulness, thanking God. Because we can always complain about stuff that we don't like going on. But you can also think, be thankful. Yeah. Like the people in, uh, in Hurricane uh, Harvey right now, people there in shelters, some of them are not dead. They're like, thank God I'm alive. You know, they're not, a lot of them aren't worried about their house right now. They're like, thank God I did, I'm not dead. You know, like thankfulness. Yeah. You have a shelter, you have food, you have friends, you have, you know. That's great. So it's, a, it's awesome. It's, it's, the, it's the climax. Like, so you, actually, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur prepares you for the great joy of eight days in, in tabernacles. And there's a glory that comes during that time if you tap into it. There's something that's going on in heaven at that time, and you can have it. Yeah, that is so the okay. dumbest thing the church did was in Constantine when they stopped all the feasts. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing, and that's how you suddenly start getting the vow of poverty. Oh, I'm sick because God's trying to teach me a lesson. When, when Jerusalem was destroyed, the church moved to Rome. Then mostly Gentiles took over. They kicked the Jews out of the church. That's when anti-Semitism started. It didn't start with the Nazis. It started actually in the church. And then Rome became the headquarters. They actually that's when they changed everything. And they said, you know what? We don't need all this feast. We don't need this. We don't need that. We're going to do our own thing. And, and that's when they short-circuited the power and the blessing, the favor. So prosperity got cut off into poverty. Sickness became glorified instead of healing. You know, so all the false stuff came in. So when you do the feast, you're re-tapping to the root system of favor, blessing, prosperity, destiny, you know, all that stuff. You're tapping back in. And that's what Jesus is restoring when he comes back in the millennium. So it's yeah. nothing about being Jewish. It's just whoever his, his people shows up, yeah. you know. And you don't have to actually go and actually eat matzo or anything like that, right? No, no, no. It's symbolic. Those are all symbolic. It's it's like it's like communion. I don't always have the elements with me, and I'm out hiking. I'm like, Lord, I need your blood in your body right now. So I just, I'll just start claiming it by faith. You know, Lord, I claim your your blood. Cleanse me right now with your blood. I take your body. You know, sometimes you don't have it, but you just you know, people have water. They don't have grape juice. You know, it's not yeah. like oh, you didn't have grape juice. It's not going to work. You know, right, right. Hey, you know, um, I I just can feel it so strong, David. We've been talking about it. God is about to release something this year at Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, all the way through Tabernacles. Yeah. Can you just share anything yeah. on that? Yeah, I feel it's so big what, the, what God's about to release. It, it's not, it's okay, it's in the church, it's in people's individual lives, and even in the world, even America. Is gonna be, you know how, like, the Internet changed everything when, when paradigm shifts begin to happen? The internet change everything, or when the first aircraft, airplanes start flying. I feel like we're in that kind of a huge quantum leap shift in the church. Number one, there's a changing of the guard coming, where people that just keep resisting what God's about to do, God's just going to flip it. There's going to be these young people rise up. They're going to take some of the positions, not all. And you're going to see in the technology sector, in the economic sector, in a lot of parallels, you're going to see in the natural and the spiritual, huge, huge change. And people that don't like change is going to be really hard for some people. But they just have to go with the flow of what God's doing. Huge, huge. I, I feel like it's going to start. It's going to shift around this Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Tabernacles time. A lot of people, things they've been praying for for years, you know, twenty, thirty years. Suddenly, the suddenlies of God start happening, and, and aligning in their life. It's, I'm just so. It's like so big. It's almost like 
I'm looking at a planet, and I can barely see a part of it. I can't even tell what I'm looking at. You know, you get a picture, and it's blowing up to like 300%. You can't really make out what you're looking at. That's what I feel. Like where you're gone fishing, and you caught – you didn't catch a fish. You, you, you think you're pulling in a whale. You just This thing is so big. You're like, I don't know what. I'm really in here, but I've never seen anything like this in my life. That's what I feel is coming. It's something so massive and big on the earth, and we haven't seen it before. Yeah. And whatever the devil's doing, he, God's got a way bigger plan. You bet. Because what you just described, it happened to Joseph in prison, Genesis 41. He had a 24-hour mm. turnaround. Yeah, or, or the lepers going into the Syrian camp. They're lepers. They're going to die of leprosy and starvation, and they just go for it. They go, you know what, let's just go for it. They walk in the Syrian camp, and they get all the food, all the stuff. In 24 hours, they go from lepers that are about to die to, to heroes. Yeah, I'm Look, convinced. Right. We're <laughs> moving into the 24-hour turnaround time. Mm, that's exciting. Might have taken a lot of people to get there, but 24 hours. Yeah, 24 yeah. hours to turn around. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited. Exactly. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, and it, so some, of you, some are listening and they're thinking, man, it looks like nothing's going my way. Everything's going negative. Negative's going deeper, deeper into a ditch. But the suddenlies of God, look at, like you said, Joseph, he, I mean, you can't get much lower than that. Or Daniel in the lion's den, and suddenly. Yeah, suddenly, suddenly. Well, I'm, I'm feeling the presence. I mean, it. It's so strong right now. Praise God. And uh, I just feel like uh, there's just some type of uh, turnaround coming. And do you have any words for people right now? Sure. Yeah. You know, the prophetic is kind of like a realm where you, when you go in it, then you see it. Lord, Lord, I just bless the people that are here right now. Father, I thank you for giving words to people that are listening. I feel a lot of people are in limbo. They're like, they're not here and they're not there. They're neither here nor there. They're like, I don't really know what I'm doing. You've left one ministry or one position or one job or one location, but you've not got until you're there. You're in the middle. You've left Egypt, but you're not completely in your promised land, and you're kind of drying out there. You're like, I don't know how long I can take this. I can't finance this. Uh, physically, I don't know if I can do this. And I feel the Lord saying, don't just camp in the desert. Keep going towards your promised land. It's finally, It's like a marathon. You're at the last lap. Don't stop now. You're just about there. It's kind of like people, they find them starving or dying of thirst in the desert, and they were so close to a reservoir of water, they were like maybe, you know, walking distance 10 minutes, and they, were, and they were there for a week, and they were 10 minutes from water, but they gave up too early. That's what I'm feeling for a lot of people. Don't give up. You're right on the verge of the biggest breakthrough. All your prayers, all your tears are just about ready. God's heard them all. They're in the court of heaven. There's about to be a response back from heaven for all the prayers in just a really, really short time. And I see a lady just sitting on a couch. She looks like she's all about 50, 45, no, more like 50. You've got white hair. You're a little bit overweight. You're just sitting on the couch. You're in, depress, you're in depression, and a lot of you are in, in that situation. You're just depressed watching TV, watching Hurricane Harvey on the news, or you're watching North Korea. You're watching, you're watching all the negative stuff, and God's just saying, focus on what I prophesied over your life. Focus on what I have for America. Focus on what I've told you is going to happen. You have to focus on that. You can't focus on all the – yeah, pray for North Korea. Pray for the people in Harvey. Help them send money. But don't live in, oh, everything's bad, everything's bad. Because how you see it is how it's going to happen. Faith or fear works in reverse. So I know it's hard when you're going through it, but right, go back and look at all the prophet words you've had. Look at the promises of God in the Bible. Start to decree them. Take away the distractions right now. Things are just distracting you. Just focus on God right now more than ever before. And I really believe you're going to have a huge, huge breakthrough. And there's a lot of people that are sick in their bodies. I see God healing them right now as well as you're listening. Just lay hands on your body part. And I just see God healing body parts. I see asthma and heart conditions and um, lymphoma. I'm seeing the word lymphoma. I'm seeing um, head conditions, head injuries. I'm not sure what that's from. 
uh, a lot of different things happening in people's metabolism, immune systems are being healed. And I see God resetting the hypothalamus, different things in your body that's like switches that have been turned off. God's turning it back on, things that fight immunity, bacterial problems. Oh, I feel the presence of God so strong here. There's lower back issues. I see uh, hips. I see the tailbone. Someone's tailbone, you injured it greatly, and God's just healing it right now. And even other things I'm not calling out. I can't call it every single thing, but you know what's wrong with you. The glory is here. Just reach out and grab it right now and just, just touch God like a woman with the issue of blood. Just touch her right now. Maybe stand up where you're listening on your couch or your phone or if you're in your car, pull over. And just, just do something you couldn't do before. And I believe God's going to start touching it physically, emotionally, spiritually, but especially your destiny. Because really that's the main thing. Most people ask me after they get saved, what's my destiny? You know, sure, I want to get healed or who's my wife and where do I, where do I live? But after all that, the deep, deep desire is, what, what am I made for? What am I on this earth for? That, that's really the only thing, that, the main prayer I see that people are asking that have its significance that's eternal. Still there? <laughs> yeah, I am. I've, I'm really kind of whacked in the, in the presence. Almost <laughs> falling over here. So, wow, praise the Lord. Yeah. You know, Peter said, you know, don't worry about the fire trial. You know, he talks about the fire trial. But it, and Peter talks about the glory that will be revealed after the trial. Yeah. So what I feel is, it, it, it's not talking about, oh, when you get to heaven, you know, you'll be happy. After the trial's over, the glory that comes is even greater if you pass the test, you know? That's exactly right. And that's what this time of year is. It, it, that, that exactly it is. God's not testing you to, to fail you or anything like that. He's, he's just refining you in the fire right now. And the presence yeah. is increasing. And there's just things that, that you have even dreamed about. They're about to be released to you. Financial, relationship, emotional stability, ministry, uh, business, all these things are coming together right now, and there's a glory here to release that. David, I just want you to release that glory over us. Sure. Father, I just released the glory, the heavy glory of God over the listeners right now, that the presence of God would just explode on them right now. A flood of glory would fill even their bones, their DNA, their spirits, their emotions, their mind, their spirits, Father. Just flood them right now. Open the heavens all over America and all over the world where they're listening with the presence of God's glory, the Shekinah glory of God opening up right now where they're at. Even in the darkest situation, let light begin to come. Flood them with myriads and myriads of angels coming in that glory. I just thank you, Holy Spirit, for invading homes and and churches and and cars and businesses and schools, cell phones, iPhones, um, Mac computers, whatever it is. Even IBMs, why not? Okay, even PCs. Okay, PCs, we'll bless them too. We just ask you to fill them with your glory, Father God. Fill their families, their children, their health, Father. I just fill them with heavy presence because when that glory comes, suddenly you feel love and joy and peace and faith comes. You're like, you know what? God is with me. Just let that, that glory invade. We break the darkness over people. We break the heaviness, the, the gloominess. Let it break, Father. And I declare a complete divine reversals. And I see the Lord saying, Retrieve and recover when the, when the enemy stole all the goods from King David. And the men were really mad at King David, like, hey, we're going to kill you because we lost our wives, our kids, and our stuff. And he was kind of discouraged, and then he, you know, curses himself in the Lord, and God says, go ahead, go, go, ahead and go after the enemy and get the loot back. And I feel like that's what the Lord's saying. Run back after your destiny. Don't let the enemy win. I'm with you. I'll fight with you. Go and get it back. Take it back. 
Whew. Yeah, powerful. And he's got to pay back more too. So you when bet. you go get it back, you get more. You get more than you lost. <laughs> you paid overtime. <laughs> that is so <laughs> true. Well, we've had a great conversation with Dr. David Herzog, and David, tell us about how to stay in touch with you or anything you have to offer. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I'd love if you guys can come to the conference, September twenty-one to twenty-four, in Tempe, Arizona, right next to Phoenix. Uh, you can go to the website thegloryzone.org. And it's this this last year it's been the most incredible, awesome open heavens. I mean, Doug, you've been there. It's just it's been awesome. Yeah, I was so there last year and the, I tell you, the heavens opened so seriously. Oh yeah, you got up that night and the, the ancient of days was there and it was just like crazy. And it's been increasing since then. It hasn't stopped. Every media, every conference has increased, especially during the feast. So if you can come at all Phoenix, Arizona, September 21 to 24. Uh, it's going to be at the Doubletree Hotel. You can find it on the website, thegloryzone.org. Please, please come. And I don't know when this is going to air, but there might be one or two spots left for the trip to Israel. So I don't know. So contact our ministry if you still want to go during the Feast of Tabernacles. It's October 2nd. I think you have to leave the 1st to get there by the 2nd until the, if I'm not mistaken, the 13th. We go all over Israel, meetings and glory and signs and wonders and outreach and all that fun stuff. So if you want to know about the glory, you can get the books. I wrote a brand-new book called Secrets of the Glory. All Everything I've learned in 25 years of experience in that one book that I don't have in anything else. And that's also on the website if you want to get more into the glory and learn. And you have it translated in so many languages. And uh, keep me in prayer. I'll be in Budapest. I don't know when this is airing again, but next week. I think it's next week from so next two, next a week from this weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know when this is airing. So look at my website. Maybe it's already done. But love you guys so much, and hope to see you maybe at one of our conferences or somewhere in cyberspace, maybe. Yeah, and see you on the, I always say see you in, uh, in the spiritual realm or, or the internet, whichever comes first. <laughs> so do you have a Facebook page or either Twitter or anything like that? Yeah, you can go to our David Herzog Ministries Facebook page. That's it, probably another way to um, just, just put my name in there, David Herzog, or David Herzog Ministries. And you should be able to find my Facebook page on there, too. Well, so. I so love you, man. We're, we're like brothers, and um, yeah. I, we, I we too, just uh, have such a uh, close walk together and pray for each other, and it's Definitely. been a really great time. Anyway, hey, everybody, I tell you, just check out everything about the Herzogs and, and um, listen to this again. Invite someone, because I know that there's going to be reports back of miracles, of things opening, the signs and wonders follow. And I know they're going to follow, so you want to report back and just let us know what happened. So thanks so much, David. Oh, it's awesome to be here, brother. Praying for you always. And if you're following Doug, he's a great guy. Keep following him. Keep praying for him. Keep blessing his ministry, because I believe as you do, you're going to get blessed. Thanks so much. Okay, everybody, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.